you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL Podcast wants Eric Davis in the Hall of Fame. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal. If you are not baseball inclined, Eric Davis was a five-tool star for the Cincinnati Reds baseball team, uh, Wes's favorite uh, team, and uh, injuries conspired to keep him out of the hall. But uh, perhaps, maybe, as a nod to Wes, uh, the baseball gods and, really, the voters. Now you get dicey where you're counting on the voters for a miracle. Uh, put Eric Davis in. But uh, great player, Eric Davis. I used to tease Wes. He was no Daryl Strawberry, uh, who was another um, superstar of that ilk in the late 80s. But uh, Eric Davis is probably a more well-rounded player. For some reason, I always just, when I think of the Reds, I just think how silly it is um, that their original name was the Red Stockings, and how silly it remains that there are two baseball teams named the Red Sox and the White Sox, and there were the Red, and the Reds are the Red Legs. I don't know. Yeah. It just seems silly. All of well, I think Sox is a, is a newer, Stockings was the word of the day back then. It wasn't sure. as <laughs> off-putting, but I mean, I, I have a suggestion yeah. The Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame is up in Cooperstown, correct? I mean, a very, I've been That's there correct. as a child, a very nice, um, it's a nice part of the country, very serene, but maybe, um, you know, we've got a lot of listeners, a lot of power behind this show. Um, you know, it's kind of in vogue to, to storm places of uh, security these days, not all in good, in good 
faith, but this would be. We storm Cooperstown and force Eric Davis's mm. uh, presence into the building. Do they, if they do bus, we could have someone. I'm sure someone would be okay. good at that, creating a, I mean, an Eric Davis you know, bust. I initially liked where you were going because I thought you were going with grassroots campaign and start building something on the Internet in Wes's memory. And then you went the other way, um, which maybe connects us with another level of insurgency. I don't know. It's- no, I'm not. I, I would say that that was <laughs> that was inglorious. What happened in our nation's capital? This would be brute force with with heart behind it. Something. I don't. Positive. I don't know. I mean, right. I'm not, I know Greg would not be uh, would General not Rosenthal. This, your thoughts? I'm not. I'm not shocked that Mark was the one um, to propose uh, an insurrection, uh, and <laughs> and could be. We've all, we've often said that Mark would be a great cult leader. Um, mm. If he needed to be, uh, but I don't think this is the spot for it. Plus, it's still COVID time, so that all too. this let, let's hold it off. I don't, you know, I, the the poor people that are there working, you know, it's a nice place. They're they're doing well, good. We work. can table it for now. I kind of feel bad too because that is your style, Mark. But like January six kind of ruined insurgency a little bit. We well, might also, need it's, to it's, stick a. <laughs> I have no history of I have no history of storming building. It's not my style. I mean, I just right. I, I think it's I think it looks bad because of what's just happened, and I get that, and that was bad. But this would be like some sometimes when you storm a building, it's for good reasons. Mm. But I, but again, I, there's no support sure. here for it. I mean, there's so. there was plenty of that too. There's I don't zero even know if they support. Have security guards up there in Cooperstown. It might no, be, I think they're. It's like the in. British sleeping in the middle of the night. We we would have our way. Um, speaking of. The late great Chris Wessling checking in on that GoFundMe. Not on. We are closing in on three hundred thousand dollars raised for Lakeisha and Link. How about that? How awesome is that? So, uh, uh, if you haven't um, uh, made any donation, it's okay if you don't, because obviously uh, everyone has different financial situations. But if you have anything to give, and it doesn't have to be a lot. Um, that is going towards uh, the best cause imaginable. So check that GoFundMe out uh, wherever uh, you find a hero social media page. Um, all right. Still really weird. Three weeks tomorrow, West gone. But we soldier on as a podcast right now. We have a really good show today. A, a bombshell piece dropped in the athletic. They do really good stuff over at the athletic. That that has been a, a, a successful experiment in sports media. If you ask me, not trying to get a job there. I'm just saying I like good sports journalism, and I often find myself reading the athletic. And uh, three members of the athletic uh, wrote a combined to write. Um, uh, expose, if you will, on the situation between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. And when I woke up this morning, boys, I didn't think much of what was going on in Seattle other than Russell Wilson being a little cranky. You read this piece by Michael Sean... Mr. Unlimited. Yes, you read this piece by Michael Sean Dugar um, or Dugar, um, Mike Sando and and Jason Jenks, and you have a whole different perspective, Greg. Uh, And we're going to have Michael Sean Dugar Duger. Well, we can clear that up. We'll have to ask him in minutes uh, to talk about what's going on in Seattle because it's getting grim. Uh, also, uh, a little more QB talk. Uh, another big veteran involved with some drama that seems to be uh, getting cleared up. And then at the end of the show, vision boards are big right now. We're going to build one for the 2021 season. Uh, but let's start, yes, by hitting some quarterback news. Let's go, Ricky. 
Mr. 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 Unlimited. All right, let's start with what's going on in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger, this has been a bit of a soap opera playing out uh, for the past couple of weeks about whether the uh, soon-to-be 39-year-old quarterback would return for another season. Uh, now it's happening. Uh, we got this uh, Didi Kinkabwala, our own Didi on NFL Network, on Wednesday reported uh, that the Steelers had confirmed they want him back, and then it became public when Steelers president Art Rooney announced Big Ben will return for the 2021 season. Uh, he deemed it a productive meeting that he had with his franchise quarterback. Uh, we don't know <clears throat> what the contract numbers are, but honestly, who cares? If you're a Steelers fan, um, you're either happy or bummed about this. Greg, I, I think you had said that you thought there was a real chance he was gone. I was never in that camp. Uh, what do you think about what happens with the Steelers now? Do you think it's just Big Ben and Dwayne Haskins with some uh, Mason Rudolph, or, or is there more intrigue to come here? They, they said they wanted to add quarterbacks, and that was after adding Haskins. So I, I don't think they might not be done. I also want to see how this plays out. Uh, you know, I I think it was shaped strangely that, like, Big Ben is back. Well, he's not back yet until the contract's signed. By all indications, it's going to happen. But I am curious, you know, uh, about the details. They must have had some broad agreement about the rough way that they're going to do it, whether he's taking a pay cut, whether they're giving him guaranteed money into next year or not. Like, I I think all of that matters because I think it tells you where they're at. For instance, Drew Brees last year, the contract he signed indicated clearly it was going to be his last year. So I'm curious if that's the type of deal they do with Ben. And I always I always leave like that little door open, even with an owner's statement that things can go wrong and feelings can get hurt when you're talking contract. You know what I mean? It's just been a little strange that it's like this announcement, he's back. Well, he's not back. What the agent and what the owner said is that they're going to negotiate a contract and and he's expected to be back. I mean, I would say compared to uh, it's the off-season of discontent with quarterbacks all over the place compared to some of the situations um, bubbling out there. This feels more peaceful. I mean, I, I guess I, I'm with you, Greg, but when the, when the owner comes out and says what he said, I, I, I would be surprised if they suddenly have to... Oh, I'd be shocked. I just am right. wondering if it's there's happened. one moment of consternation, or and I am just curious on what the details are because that's the that's a big part of the story for me. I, I, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting scenario with Steelers fans in general because I think that there was definitely a pocket of them out there that were emotionally prepared um, or very prepared to say goodbye to him after the, the way that season ended. Uh, but part of it is like, look, I mean, that's great. You have Dwayne Haskins on the roster and Mason Rudolph and, and all these ham and eggers, but um, the better version, a better version of Big Ben is still the best option there. I, I would not be surprised, though. They have to be forward-thinking. They have to think about, um, and they're not in a great place in the draft to do this, but they've swung at a couple quarterbacks in the draft and I think fully missed entirely. They've never found his real heir apparent, and it's not Dwayne Haskins as far as I could see, and it's not Mason. I mean, if it's Dwayne Haskins, we're going to need to see a lot more than we've seen. Right, I mean, I see. I think it would be. It's like, I mean, honestly, I think it would be irresponsible, quite frankly, with the roster that's in place and and how many really strong players. Even they have to make some moves in free agency. This is going to be a good roster that returns in twenty twenty one. There is certainly the idea, and I know Sheck, who's you know Steelers homer, we all know that, um, put out the theory that perhaps 
Big Ben changed his game in relation to the record of the team. And then by the time they tried to ramp it up, it was too late. Okay, maybe that's the case. Or Big Ben started to fall off a cliff uh, last year. And the guy that shows up six months from now is even worse than that guy. You, I just think the one thing, I think it's the right move to bring him back. But I think it would be the wrong move to say, uh, well, if Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or someone in that realm uh, is our backup plan. I think you're setting yourself up for big failure. I would like to see them take a swing, whether it's in the draft or to go get a veteran quarterback, um, even like an Andy Dalton type, not to keep using Andy Dalton as this fallback guy, but maybe like somebody like that that would bring proficiency to the mm. backup position uh, in case the Steelers need it because there is a chance they will. There, there is, and, and I'm with you on the rosters, you know, intriguing. It's top-heavy. Really, some really good players on defense. They have the bones to be a good defense. Some, some good skill position players. But you, you mentioned Sheck's theory about him, you know, not wanting to get hit. Okay, that's the offensive lines issue, which basically collapsed and, and has been falling apart since Mike Munchak, their coach, left. Here's what their free agency situation is on the offensive line. Left tackle, Villanueva, who's been there forever, really didn't play great last year, free agent. Pouncey, retired. Another starter, uh, Kevin Filer, I believe it's pronounced, who started at both tackle and guard and had like a thousand snaps the last two seasons, also a free agent. So, you know, a, a group, DeCastro, not playing as well as as he used to. So that's that's a big chunk, and that is a, a big concern. And I and I suspect that is Kevin Colbert, their GM's number one concern right now and, and priority for the offseason, not not the quarterback situation after this is handled. The, these things just never end well. And Big Ben is not, you know, he has not been um, embracing the Tom Brady diet for the past five years. I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> nor do I buy that he's, just a big pudgy man either. I think he he's, he's working harder than some would believe. But th- this version of Big Ben, um, with one of the worst teams in the league at rushing the ball down the stretch last year, I mean, it was just abominable, behind a, a really shaky offensive line situation. You know, Greg, you just mentioned it. I mean, that's the kind of thing where are we going to get Brett Favre's, you know, 2010 season, and you could see a whole bunch of quarterbacks that Big Ben is just sub, um, you know, performance level. If you're anyone else in the AFC North who's been getting killed by Big Ben for the past 15 years, this like is who would delicious. that be? Like who well, would that be? <laughs> it's really every team in that division, if you think about it. I mean, the, the Ravens are the only one that I think they put a hurt on them. But how delicious it would be um, for it just to be a, a continuation of what happened in January. Not for oh, Pittsburgh fans. I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna become a Browns fan now. By the way, and, and draft <laughs> off of Sessler's. Uh, I was enjoyment. gonna say because I've, I've for a long time posited that Greg has has it out for Big Ben and the Steelers, and it's all right. That's fine. I understand. The, the, you have the, your reasons. You you check the track record, and that is not true. No one has no one has predicted that. Well, you just to pumped your fist when you talked about well, now, the Steelers taking now, a multi year dirt nap. Now it feels time for the dirt nap. But before <laughs> I was predicting them to the Super Bowl every year. You guys would make fun of me. I had too much faith. My, well, that would annoy that, Mark. That is fair. That is a fair report, a, a retort. And Mark, I, I'm totally on board with you having these feelings after all the years of misery. Obviously, I feel the same way about a certain team that Greg actually loves. All right. Let's stick a pin in Big Ben talk, but let's continue to do some veteran, veteran quarterback talk, some surprising veteran quarterback talk. And we want to welcome to the show, first time on the Around the NFL podcast, and he wrote... Uh, along uh, with his colleagues at The Athletic, um, a banger. I call it a straight-up banger on the situation involving 
Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. He is Michael Sean Dugar. Uh, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Um, Michael, Sean, I, I know you go by Mike too. Like, how are we doing this? What's, what's yeah, Mike, Mike's fine. I, I just, I just feel bad. I don't have any books in my background. You guys all have books. <laughs> what about the plant? You need the plant too. We don't read. We don't read any too. of these That's, books though. Like that, it, it, they're props. <laughs> they're fake plants and books we've never read. So don't feel, don't be concerned. Okay, I won't feel too bad then. Um, Mike, so you, yes, like I said, uh, wrote this piece that's blowing up, uh, today on the internet. Uh, you also have a, a really good podcast I was listening to Seahawks, uh, man to man, uh, where you were talking about this situation as well. And I think let's start here. Everyone is surprised on the outside of this that all of a sudden there is a possibility that this Russell Wilson Seahawks are maybe the Russell Wilson Pete Carroll marriage won't work, but someone that's on the inside like you, that's been tracking this team. um, Is this something that we should have seen coming as as a a volcano that is bubbling and ready to explode? I don't know how people from the outside could have necessarily seen it coming, but it does remind me of attention, attention, attention. attention. If you plan to list, watch the, you know, movie den of thieves uh, ever, uh, Mike, Mike is going to spoil it for you. Major spoiler alert. Yeah. I'm a big movie guy, so forgive me, but like the movie Den of Thieves, um, I think it's on Netflix or whatever. Like you get mm. to the end, spoiler, and um, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character is like the mastermind, and you're like, huh, should I have seen that? <laughs> and they do all of these things where it goes back, and you're like, oh, okay, like I should have seen that coming. The scenes at the bar, like all these little lines, you put it together, like that's where it is. Like if you watch the movie the first time, you're like, well, how was I supposed to put that together? And then they, they reveal it, and you're like, oh, there were all of these breadcrumbs throughout the course of the film that like leads up to the end. And that's kind of what is going on here. Like, yeah, if you're watching from afar, if you only turn in on Seahawks games and on prime time or whatever, or America's game of the week, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. The Seahawks need to fix some things, whatever. But then if you like really go back and read Russ's quotes from 2015 or 16 or 17, like every old Russ press conference is going to get so many more views uh, after this. Now people are going to be like, oh, how could I have missed this? And you're going to hear the quotes about legacy, the Drew Brees references, the Tom Brady references, LeBron James references and then you're going to get to this point and be like oh no i get i get why that guy would be frustrated to this point that he wants out Mm. i love that i love that um analogy and i was sort of thinking too of um like world war one started and it's one of the few things i remember from history when uh i have to have the arch austrian archduke franz ferdinand we're a lot older than you mike well no i wasn't around (laughs) during that time but his assassination basically kicked off world war one but there was a bunch of stuff happening that led to it but they called that the powder keg and i loved the way that you kind of laid these little breadcrumbs about what's been happening with russell wilson for so long was would it be fair to call an inciting incident him sitting at the Super Bowl, watching Tom Brady win a Super Bowl with another team away from his comfortable home in New England with Antonio Brown, who he helped recruit to the organization because he has a huge voice in Tampa Bay, obviously. And Russell Wilson sitting up there thinking, I don't have any of these things. I've worked as hard as anyone. And in my in his world, does he feel like he lacks a voice? And can it be really fixed with the Seahawks? Or is this thing just heading towards a breakup? I'll add something to Russ's frustration at the Super Bowl because all of those things are correct. But also, the last time Russ played in the Super Bowl, who did he lose to? Right? Like, Brady. it's like, and how many yep. Super Bowls has Brady been to since they since the Seahawks lost? Four hundred and twenty-four. Yeah, you know, like Three if more. you're Russell, it's not. He does only see himself as like well, someone who can be Brady's equals. Like they were adversaries on the biggest stage, right? And he was inches away from from beating him. And then he thought, I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll get back here, right? I'll get back here. That's what Russell thought. 
and only Brady's been back. I think that fueled it as much as everything you just mentioned, Antonio Brown, Tom Brady having a good old line, Tom Brady getting to handpick players like Gronk and, and AB, um, Tom Brady having more say over the offense. You know, Bruce Arians just said it. Like, I had to step back and let Brady do his thing. You know, Russ reading that, like, huh, must be mm. nice. Like, it all, it all came <laughs> to a head. The Super Bowl was like all of those things at once. But I think that's another detail people forget. It's like, yeah, Russ lost to Tom Brady last time and hasn't been back there since. And Tom's been there, yeah, 50 million times since then and now where does it go from here like I think everyone's going to ask me that today but I think really everyone knows the answer if it if it was good right if they thought it was going to be good would they be on you know TV Russell saying I'm frustrated citing how many times he's been sacked like 394 he's been citing that number like a cult it's like a campaign for a, pres- a presidential run. 394 394 like and spinning it as if it's the Seahawks fault a lot of it is but like if so it's it was, not all his fault, not all the Seahawks. No, it's, it's, that's yeah, another it's not, conversation. It's not all one person's fault, but I mean the fact that they've used that as like their campaign slogan. Like I'm frustrated getting hit too much. Uh, I don't think that if this was like a fixable situation that they would be doing that. You know what Ooh. I mean? I, I hear you, and that helps to answer. You know, one question I had is like, why does this all have to be so public or kind of clumsily public? And and you guys did an awesome job. Everyone should check it out of kind of showing the way that him and his camp have put this messaging out and make you know it's made it very clear he he's aggressively trying to do something. He, he's trying to make people uncomfortable. But it gets to the to the other question I had, which is more of like an existential question reading this article and, and maybe that's why Russ is trying to do this. You tell me, you, you know, the situation maybe better is like, why wouldn't they just get rid of Pete Carroll then? Like it, why? Um, and that maybe goes to who's really owning this team and who's in charge. Mm-hmm. And that's confusing. But it, do you think there's any way like Russ is putting all this out there almost to let, to, to let other people know at the, at the higher points of the Seahawks organization that like m- maybe if you did have to choose to me as a fan, if I was a fan, it'd be a little crazy to choose Pete Carroll over Russ. Yeah. All my friends and all my group chats are like, Mike, can we just pick Russ? Like, why would we, <laughs> right, with, right. you know, I think my, one of my friends said, I'd rather have 10 years of Russell than four more of Pete. Right. And it's like, yeah, no, most people would, but I do think, yeah, your point about like sending a message, not just to the public, but the higher ups is important too. Um, I asked Pete on like January 11th, I said, who in the building holds you accountable? Right. Cause he, he controls personnel Woo. on top of the on-field product. I said, who can tell you the truth? Like who can be harsh with you? And he mentioned a bunch of dudes that are under him, you know, and two of them you mentioned were his kids. Right. One of, one of whom is mentioned in the story as like having quit his job twice during the season and only to come back later. Hmm. So like that thought that was very telling. Like he didn't mention anyone who cuts his checks. He mentioned people who he ultimately cuts their checks. And that's not really how accountability works. <laughs> right? You know, like if, if I worked for my dad, I never have, but I doubt I'd be the only person in the building he can listen to. You know, I just don't think that's how that works. So I think a message of accountability is being sent by Russell in his camp too. It's like, hmm. I can't tell this guy anything. Because no one holds him accountable. He can throw challenge flags and sign bad old linemen and make bad trades or do whatever. And I just got to go out there and get hit by Aaron Donald. And I got no one I can go snitch to or report to. You know, like that's very frustrating if you're doing that for nine years. And Russell Wilson, 32 years old, he's professed that he wants to play 10, 15 more years. He wants to go the Brady path. And he's just maniacal enough where he might actually be able to do that. Pete Carroll's going to be 70 in September. So it just these are things that need to be factored in if it's going to be an either-or scenario. And and I just want to, first of all, Den of Thieves, you kind of ruined it, so I don't know if I'm going to watch it now. Um, 
but I will, watch it. I will say that I haven't seen that, but we have had the star <laughs> of that film's uh, father, Ice Cube, on this show. So how about that? That's a good job by us. We nailed that. Promoting <laughs> the definitely big three. watch the movie, though. It's, it's, it's really right. good. Even with that spoiler, I bet you this. Even if you watch it, even though I spoiled it for you, you still won't be able to, at first watch, put together all the breadcrumbs. It won't be until the very end. Wow, this you, sounds like the new Usual Suspects. Um, now, let me uh, ask you this, because you said this on your podcast. You'd be surprised if he's, being Russell Wilson, the Seahawks quarterback in 2022. Now, when you said that uh, with your co-host, mm. uh, was that caught up in the heat of the moment? Or do you honestly believe that this is something that's heading toward divorce? No, I think, uh, and anyone who's like written a big story, like in journalism or reported one in radio or TV or whatever, you know that you left things on the cutting room floor. Right? And there's a million things that we heard and could just didn't make the story, right? We had to trim it. And so like, I, I know like, how bad this mm. is. And yeah, I know that I, there's two things that we didn't put in the story that I think are also um, really important. Russell had a son in July, his first biological son. His Sierra has a son from another marriage. He named that son Wynn. His name is Wynn like Harrington Wilson. Pete Carroll wrote a book in 2010. The title of the book is Win Forever. Like these dudes are obsessed with winning mm. and they will do whatever it takes to win. That's the one thing they're always going to be aligned on. But if they don't do that and they can't agree on why they're not winning, which is ultimately what the real disconnect is here, um, they can't coexist because they're too obsessed with that idea of winning. Like, so when I said, yeah, I don't think he'll be the quarterback in 2022, I'm projecting them not winning the Super Bowl or getting there. If they get there, then that's different. They win it, obviously, winning fixes a lot of things. But I think that's the only thing that can fix this situation is winning. Mm. You got to win. These two dudes have made it known. Um, other, the only way they can more make it known that they want to win is they go file a trademark like Chad Johnson did to change their names <laughs> right. to win. You name your firstborn son win, you care. Right? It's, a lot, of, it's a lot of pressure. That's maniacal. <laughs> and only, like, I think that's the only thing that can fix the situation right now. So, But you think next year. So you do You do think this is almost setting and – I, and I heard this um, from someone – just asking about this today too. They thought it was setting the table for next year, that this is all priming the pump a little bit and that a trade would be maybe less likely this year, but more likely next year. And I think it's yes to answer that. And then it's like a think about the narrative construction here. If the Seahawks do come up short next year, who is everyone gonna blame? You're gonna blame the Seahawks. Right? It's like, yeah, exactly. Pete Carroll, the Seahawks, they're gonna look at it and say, You guys didn't give Russell Wilson what he wanted. You guys are idiots. Right. So now he wants to leave. Whether that's right or wrong, they've done a good job, and I mean, rest of his camp of like putting that as the message. Like, we are the victims here, guys. I am the superstar quarterback here who has played with bottom five O lines, like, I want to say like seven of his nine years, and that's just not good enough, right? They're bottom like half of the league all the time in O line spending, other than which year? 2013, when they spent the most on the O line in the whole league. What they do that year? win the Super Bowl. So, like, there's all these arguments um, that they've put out there and use it, like I said, like a presidential campaign. So if we're right back here next year mm. and the Seahawks weren't in the Super Bowl, um, whose fault is it going to look like? And then the Seahawks are going to have to get rid of um, the best quarterback in franchise history. I would ask this because, I mean, it's this Carroll-Russell-Wilson power struggle. And I, I love that you met, like, the – 
The title of the whole thing is about power and control. And I mean, this story is as old as time. But then you got John Schneider um, involved in this, too. And, and some of the juiciest stuff in there was that John Schneider was prepared to draft Patrick Mahomes, that they were very high on Josh Allen. I mean, that's the kind of thing that if you're Russell Wilson, you're thinking, excuse me. Um, I mean, is he... Is he account? Who's holding him accountable? Because when you talk about the offensive line not coming together, coming together over the course of seven or eight seasons, I look at the front office and the GM too, and they've certainly had some um, against the grain draft picks over the year. Yeah, and that's where Pete Carroll actually takes a lot of that blame too, because he oversees personnel. He was hired before John. Right? He's essentially mm-hmm. John's boss. John can't make a pick um, until like uh, until Pete okay's. I think Russell is like an example of that in 2012, you know, John, uh, is from Wisconsin worked for the Packers and here comes this, this five ten like guy who's balling at Wisconsin. And John's like, Hey, we should take this guy. But no matter how much John wanted him, if Pete was like, no, then they wouldn't have took Russell. Right. Like Pete has to okay everything. So yeah, the Seahawks have taken, I think more alignment in the draft than any team since 2012, I want to say, or maybe 2010. It's not very good at it. Right. So that that goes to not only power and control, it's like a lack of faith. You know, if, if, mm. if I'm Russell and I'm like, hey, Pete, can we get some better alignment? It's like, yeah, chill. We got this. It's like, well, no, you don't. You don't got it. Like maybe uh, maybe right. I should have some control over the situation. And it's like, well, no, you can't. And now we have, again, like you said, oldest time, power and control driving two people away from one another. They haven't had a, a great defense in five years. And if if Pete Carroll wants to remember life without Russell Wilson, just throw on some Chaz Whitehurst tape, you know. Or, right. or or Matt the Matt Flynn era, which never really happened, or even Tarvaris, who, who played okay, but it's like, man, you better be careful what you wish for. Um, awesome work by Mike and also Mike Sando, Jason Jenks at the Athletic. Please check out uh, that article if you want to be informed on this situation. And um, before we say goodbye, Mike, and I'm going to check out Den of Thieves. You um, definitely need to. I watched a bunch of heist movies over the last month, and that was one of my favorites. I've, been I've got one it. for you, by the way. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants um, 2 <laughs> is – that's one where you, you – on the third or fourth viewing, the layers become evident. It's like, hey, Colin, where are the pants? It's a right. huge heist picture. Um, uh, Mike, I heard you say pineapples on pizza is a good thing. I don't know where you're from originally, Mike. Uh, don't want to judge, but that's that's a terrible take. But I'm going to give you the platform here to explain why pineapples on pizza is a good thing. See, uh, pizza, like the reason like cheese pizza, I think is so great because it's just like it's a blank canvas. Okay. You can just experiment. You can do whatever you want with it. You can get creative. And there really are no limitations. There's another another movie reference. Um, this Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba Gooding Jr. movie. I can't remember the name of it at the moment, but he's trying to pitch everyone to think outside the box. And he's like, you guys want to think outside the box. What you really need to realize is there is no box. Right? <laughs> just let, let your mind wander. And I'm like, when I thought, I was like, I saw that movie when I was a kid. And it was just like, yeah, it's pretty trippy. Um, fighting Snow Dogs too. Movie. Yeah, that was good. It's a, it's, a, it's a great like way to look at like pizza, um, okay. hot dogs, um, just anything like uh, I debate all the time with my friends like whether a hot dog is a sandwich. It's just it's just great. You can just free your mind when it comes to food. Like let your mind roam. Put some pineapples on that pizza, man. It's gonna taste great. Right. I'm with you. We get we get pineapple right. and jalapeno in our house all the time. Thank it's a you. Hit. I'm all about. All it. right. Listen, I, I'll be cool about this. I just feel some some foods are sacred. Pizza is one of them. But listen, that's why it's a great world. We can do what we want and eat what we want. And Mike, thank you for joining the show. And we'd love to have you on again because. You're good at your job. Like if I come back, I'm definitely going to have all my books. <laughs> right. I'm not, right. not going to be lacking next time. Thank you guys for having good me. Stuff. Thanks, right. Mike. There Appreciate he goes. It. Awesome stuff. Michael Sean Dugar. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. And, yes, again, over at The Athletic. You know, he also, within um, that report by The Athletic, 
Russell Wilson's camp had broached trade destinations with Seattle, uh, excuse me, with Seattle to the Dolphins, Jets, Saints, and Raiders. And then right before we came on today, um, Adam Schefter reported, so as this thing continues to mushroom, that Wilson has not demanded a trade, uh, according to his agent. But Wilson told the Seahawks he really wants to play in Seattle. If a trade were considered, the only teams he would go to are the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. Uh, first of all, Jets aren't on that list, but I don't know if that's that's an issue uh, for me personally. Um, the uh, It's so transparent, this drama that's playing out. And Russell Wilson being involved is a big reason why, because that's just kind of his thing. Um, but it does surprise me, even after that conversation... Again, where I went to bed last night and where we are now, that this thing is as bad as it is. It's It kind of all blew up here. Well, and, and to Mike's point, I think – I feel like now Russell Wilson's been trying to drop these breadcrumbs pretty hardcore. You know, right. he's been trying – it's almost like people weren't really listening because people like us think, well, why would they ever get rid of Russell Wilson? You know, we, I remember even talking about it when he went on Jimmy Fallon and that was a little bit of a story and they wrote about that. It's like, well, this isn't really going to happen. You know, this isn't too serious, but it's coming. It's coming there for a reason. It reminds me of that SI article where, like, it was all his bros and it was like entourage. It's like we're not entourage, <laughs> but that is my favorite show. That's what Russ said. And no, he's still, don't say that. He still got the same. Um, he still got the same agent as he did back then, and it just. I, I, I know. We're, we, you know, I guess the conventional wisdom is maybe it's next year, but I don't know. This seems pretty ugly. The, the How nature do you go of this, through another year? Like that's that kind seems of pretty that timeline tricky. feels weird to me. It's pretty, it's pretty rough, and the fact Instead that of the timing on the calendar, though, too. I mean, no, I get it. It, it. Logic says maybe emotions subside a little bit over the course of the off season, and and you calm down. But the whole like. Um, political way of looking at it, like the messaging. I thought that's a brilliant way to put it, that he's got these like campaign points. It's like, how how is that flying with teammates? You know, how is that flying with his offensive line? Because I, I'm sure some of them are thinking, okay, well, Tom Brady's never taking those sacks, Russ. Like, yeah, you're right. They, you could have put the worst offensive lines around Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, and they would cut that sack total in fifth, you know, by 50%. It's just a fact. Like quarterbacks... Uh, it, sacks are a quarterback sack. It's both. I mean, both things can be true. It can be the offensive line, but it can also be Russ. And I'm sure they're not loving that. And you see some of his old teammates, and that was like the huge last story about Russell Wilson was that SI story where the defense and the coddling of Russell Wilson. It, it, there's just a lot there. I loved it. This is one of those stories I'll remember. I feel like this story yeah. is, is really planting a flag you know, in his career. It's complicated, too, though. You mentioned that, and everyone knows Russell Wilson holds on to the ball, and that's going to drive up sack totals and make an offensive line look worse, and that's certainly fair. But there is the other side of it. The reason he's going to go to the Hall of Fame one day, one day is he is a magician in the pocket. And he's made so many great plays, and there's a reason he's been playing for nine years, and they've gone to the playoffs eight years, and he's won a Super Bowl and nearly won another. He's a special talent, and I think one one thing that they um, hit on uh, – in the article is that like they the let Russ Cook era as short as it was in 2020 was incredible and then over the course of one bad game uh, that led to a sit down with Pete Carroll or Carroll sidled up next to him and basically told him to get his 
S together. And then the next game, they didn't play well either. And then it was over. That opportunity that he had been waiting for to lead the offense in the way he believes he can started off on a record-setting pace. They go through a little valley, and then it's taken away from him. And I can understand that being the source of a lot, a lot of frustration and anger for Wilson as well. I, I could see that. But, I mean, at the same time, there's DK Metcalf saying that defenses just figured out what they were doing. Um, but, t- Greg, I think you make a great point about – the, if this is going to go on even for another year, that we're a long way away from um, Dan Marino buying his offensive lineman isotoner gloves, uh, which has been escalated to, you know, uh, quarterbacks uh, treat their linemen like kings because your life is in their hands on that field. And you've opened the offseason by setting every one of them on fire. I, I, this just feels um, like it's a campaign, but it's a campaign that doesn't have a wide opening for a fruitful, happy Ooh. ending. I would be. I, I, the Seahawks era feels a little bit over to me now. A lot else Whoa. can happen. It just, I'm just saying, like it, like this is. We're a long way away from Carroll and Russell Wilson being attached at the hip, and everything just seems so, uh, you know, peaceful and hunky dory. I hate that <clears throat> hate that word, but um, for so long, and now it just feels so messy, and it's so public. I, I, it's fascinating, though. It's really a great story. I mean, it's a great story. But <laughs> For us. And I don't think you should ever badmouth or use uh, your platform or unhappiness with the team to chop down teammates, which he is doing on some indirect level. But also, you know, this isn't Joe Thomas and, you know, Kevin Mawai no. and Quentin Nelson on this line in Seattle. Like, he wants better guys there. He doesn't want a lot of those guys there because he doesn't think they can play. Brady's a, ruined it. Brady's ruined this for everyone. LeBron a little bit too, but that basketball is such a different sport because I, I don't blame him for using the power that he has. He has he has some absolutely good points. None of this would probably be even be happening if the Seahawks had a top eight defense at any point in the last five years. They've been totally mediocre. If they had a good defense, we're not talking about it. But I think Brady, you know, has given this idea, especially in football, that's so wrong. It's like, not everyone gets to win, bro. It's like Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest of all time. He hasn't been to a Super Bowl in a decade. Ben Roethlisberger, same. Drew Brees, Drew Brees went once. And it's just like so hard to put everything together that makes you win. It's not saying anyone's right or wrong, but it's just so hard. Yeah, Tom Brady yeah. ruined a lot of things for a lot of people, um, including my 20s and 30s. What The next thing coming here, by the way, is... Uh, and it's put it in stone, okay? Might even put a sandwich on it, but I won't. The Seahawks are going to disappear from his social media accounts very soon. <laughs> That's Ooh, the next it. step in this. I, and I and I love it. And I also the whole idea of New York not being on that second list. There was that nugget that Sierra, an entertainer who is attracted to either L.A. or the Big Apple, longs to be in New York to some degree. So, and the Jets, by the way, if you're all these teams that want to trade for Russell Wilson. You're not going to ship a bunch of like late round picks. I mean, the Jets could offer Seattle a fresh new start. I never would rule the Jets out. You know what they could do? They could just say, "Hey, those you know those two first round picks you stupidly gave us for a safety, we'll come back to you. Give us there the quarterback. Let's fly. I'll give you. You know, it would hurt, but I'll, we'll give you. You know, Quinn and Williams. And by the way, we got to give him number. You got to give him number Adams. two overall. If you give him number two overall, you could. That is that's the trump card that the Jets have right now. That they won't, you know, if you're a Jets fan, hope uh, that they have normally. That that, that if they want to make the big move at quarterback, now is the time because you have that number two overall pick, whether it's right. Watson or Wilson, you've got that. You're, you might not ever have that again. 
Stick, stick a pin in that because that's going to come up a little bit later. Um, all right. I don't, Ricky, the Den of Thieves thing. Are you, you're you younger than us. Are you plugged in on Den of Thieves? No, I haven't seen it yet. I'm a little nervous that Mike is going to catch some heat for, you know, pulling the, like, Kevin Spacey at the end of Usual Suspects. Like, you usually don't give away the big twist. Um, maybe you can put, like, a spoiler alert and post there or something. Yeah, like, but Give people it, a little bit more time. Was you it could, a you, big twist? Like, Giveaway though it was sort of yeah like, I mean, a little, it yeah like he it gave was. away who yeah it sounded like it was a the game I thought it was the bold biggest. though suddenly it's him versus Netflix his name becomes elevated and magnified I mean it's it's a power move and I enjoyed it it, it not, would I be mean, funny if we stopped so. the show right there and Ricky's voice or Dan's <laughs> voice comes in we insert it and it says attention if you plan to list watch the you know movie Den of Thieves uh, ever. Uh, Mike, Mike is going to spoil it for you. Yeah, major Skip spoiler ahead. alert 20, ahead. Yeah. Okay, Skip well, ahead. I'll Let's just take that. what you just said, and I'll put it before, too. And then you guys can hear it again right now in real time, too. Okay. Well, it sounds like our <laughs> listeners are the ones who lose out, but uh, sometimes that's how things go. <laughs> it's not the go. first time. And don't. And one last thing in this whole quarterback talk. Deshaun Watson tweeted today, um... Loyalty is everything. Don't you ever, caps, ever, forget it. And the Texans can play their little cute game right now and and act like they can just ignore this and it's going to go away. It's not going to go away. The power dynamic has shifted in our in our league. And if you if your superstar is unhappy, it is going to tear your franchise apart unless you somehow um, fix things. And if you can't fix things, you got to move them. Uh, and and we'll see if Seattle gets to that point. But Houston certainly seems like they're at that point, and maybe they're just in denial right now. I mean, and uh, speaking of sandwich bets, I had one on Big Ben as the Houston Texans week ooh. one starter. I will be paying you in sandwiches. That was easy. That was an easy. That was easy. That was like a that was like a yeah. drunken moment with no alcohol involved. <laughs> I don't know what, what I blacked out uh, mentally. All right, uh, good stuff. Uh, all right, let's. Let's get into it. Vision board. What's a vision board? It's big right now. Okay, and I'll give you a little bit of an example of a vision board um, being successful. <laughs> My wife, the ladies are into this. Now, I don't want to get tagged as being a sexist. Like, oh, no, men like vision boards too. Sure. I'm sure there are plenty of men crafting vision boards at this very moment. Lots of men. But, but the ladies love the vision board. My wife. My wife. The wonderful Emily. She put together a vision board uh, because we were looking for our first house. And guess what? Not two months after she put together the board, we found our house. So I feel like that is, it works. I mean, there it is. There is the proof in the pudding. Speak it into existence. That's what it's about. It's about taking something, a wish, a belief, a hope, and if you put it out there as something tangible, physical, if you see it, you you can believe in it, and then you can achieve it. So with that in mind, we were thinking, what if we put together a NFL vision board for 2021? Things that we really just want to see. We want it. And uh, we'll put together a collage. We're all going to – we're not doing our own vision board. This is the Around the NFL podcast vision board for 2021. Keep it in 2021. We're looking ahead to this season. And um, – Let's get going. Greg, I want you to start off uh, wow. the, the artwork here. Like, I want you to imagine, if you're listening to this, Greg, we have a big 
uh, piece of paper here, and, and Greg is, you know, cut out something. This is a lot of cutouts and quotes mm-hmm. from magazines. Greg has cut out like the picture and mm-hmm. like his vision. This he's putting the first piece of he's got the this glue stick onto out the, onto the board. It's beautiful. He's got yeah. the big white um, uh, board that he got from Blix um, Art Gallery or Art uh, Supplies, and. Greg, just so you know, to take it a little further, he's wearing overalls, no shirt underneath, one of the overalls undone. So you see, maybe even a little nipples popping out. And he's got sure. a bandana. Bandana. Okay. Barefoot, too. Barefoot. Qu- corduroy overalls. Mm-hmm. Like a- <laughs> <laughs> Delectable. Shout out, shout out to mid-90s uh, women's fashion. Love that stuff. Uh, I was thinking I- like to me more in Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, more just like high school girlfriends and stuff. I mean, I, yeah. I did. I was a big fan. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I cut out a picture, and uh, it's just of, of, of one man, one NFL player, and it's a picture of Justin Herbert pre-haircut, um, cocking back to throw to throw a nice pass, and uh, I, I, I cut around it, putting that in the corner here. And for me, I looked at this more like a personal vision board, not what I want to see, but more um, what I want out of my 2021. And Herbert, to me, represents um, the love of the game that I just love watching this guy play. So whether it's with this podcast or with our writing or with our my TV, our TV stuff, I just want to, like, tap into that because more drafts uh, for uh, preview shows. Absolutely. Just like he, he's the guy to me that connects me. And I'm not saying it's all about Herbert. It's just what he represents. He's the guy that connect, connects me, especially last year, which was not an easy NFL season uh, for anyone. Um, but he was the one last season that sort of com- connected me and kept me close to that love of the game and just love of the sport. And so mm. for me, that's like what he represents and I'm putting on the vision board. I like it. I like that. I love it. And Herbert was, yes. A, a shining star this season. And it's funny because we, much hand-wringing, and uh, the Chargers do still absolutely have their work cut out for them and really carving out a niche in this market. And we'll see once people are going and actually going back to the stadiums, what kind of crowds they draw. But one of the things that everybody was hammering over and over again, like, who is the star that you can sell the Chargers in Los Angeles on? Well, here he is. He comes in. You nailed the draft pick. You absolutely nailed that draft pick. And Dolphins fans are nodding their heads solemnly. And now you have to (laughs) hope uh, that he just continues to build off that season. All right, I'll go next. Um, I'm really – I got to be totally honest with you. I'm struggling – I'm struggling with this because this whole thing around my team with the quarterback. Well, first because, of all, what are you wearing? Um, hmm. I'll let you decide. But while while you think or unless you have something. You, you do your thing and I'll ponder okay. it. All right. So I know, like Greg, what you're saying about Darnold makes so much sense logically. It really does. That, that what he's put on tape over three seasons is more than enough evidence that the Jets, if they have a chance to, to move him off the roster for a nice draft pick and start fresh, do it. I know that. And I also know from years of history as a fan that whenever I fall for a quarterback, inevitably they let me down. Um, and the belief I had, and most recently I would say um, Mark Sanchez, uh, even Ryan Fitzpatrick going into his second season there, um, you know, Browning Nagel, uh, you you go up and down the list. Uh, you could find so many guys. Bryce Petty, I even harbored some thoughts about. 
Never the kid from Penn State, it should be said. Never thought he could play. Um, Hackenberg. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, Hackenberg. Respect uh, that, man. So, you know, it's like I tend to fall in love with the idea of the young uh, savior, and then I get let down. So Darnold was, to me, the biggest chance, a number three overall pick. Um, so I should. I should not be t- cutting out his photo right now in Jets green and white and putting him on the vision board. And yet... I am, because in my vision, all this talk uh, for people that that understand the quarterback position in the sport that think he could play and just got the rost of raw deals, why wouldn't I take the number two overall pick and instead of taking another swing in the draft, uh, why wouldn't I rebuild the roster with massive smart trades with a, a GM I trust? You have the Falcons picking at four, you have the Eagles at six, you have the Panthers at eight. All teams, and I'm just naming three logical ones, that would die to get into number two and take a young quarterback uh, like a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields or what have you. And then I could use that bounty over the next couple of years to build a monster roster and then give Sam Darnold a chance with a better coach and a better offense. And here's the kicker here, and I'll shut up in a second. If Darnold stinks this year, it doesn't sink the franchise necessarily. You still have two first-round picks at least next year, and you could then try to address things. My vision is Sam Darnold's there with a much better roster and a real shot, and Mm -hmm. I know it's not the right way to look at things, but I can't help but think that makes sense for this team given their dearth of talent. I love it because I think you have to factor in what I think is going to be a coach of the year type coaching staff with Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur. Uh, just look what the Niners accomplished um, on offense when Jimmy G went down. I think that the way that they um, treat the quarterback and in the run game and everything else, I mean, the Jets don't have all those pieces, but there are some mock drafts out there that have the Jets um, moving down a bit and taking like the number one tight end in the draft, which is a key position no, do for that. that. I'm not saying that it's just... But that I saw your, that too. But, I think but to your theory, yeah. though, that maybe you just don't assess into everything about Sam Darnold based on the train wreck he's been, um, that he barely survived, that maybe there is a new life for him. And I, I, I think that's an interesting idea. This is, this is where sharing the vision board is... It's problematic. Yeah, it's compli- complicated. Because <laughs> like, if Dan comes down and you know checks out the vision board in the middle of the night and someone slashed Darnold's like, <laughs> face, it's like, everyone's going to look at me. You know, everyone's going to look at me. I know. I know. But uh, like I said, I'm not disagreeing with you. Everything you're saying makes sense. But there is a case to be made uh, on my side of things. Well, if I want to be real, survive. if I want to be real, like as a Patriots fan, yes, do that. Uh, that's my vision, too. That's kind of what I w- would hope for. Oh, I would love for Donald to be good. Uh, that would be so amazing. He'll be fine. He'll be, I can think, I, I'm not seeing I, I don't I have. We've done this long enough. That's like I never feel that confident in anything. Um, but like he, he can be fine. But like I mean, what the Jets the, quarterback what sucking has always typically been as safe as it gets. Right. What are the what yeah. are the odds of him being a top five quarterback ever? That seems like a that seems like a big reach to me. That's my thing. That's my thing. All right, top five. That's pretty hardcore. I mean, I would take top ten. But that's a big reach right now, too. All right. It's a big reach. Mark. By you the way, Dan, what I was wearing, by the way. Well, I, I I don't have a full picture, but I know that you're wearing one of those things that became popular like eight or nine years ago at live games or, or in other scenarios where like a grown man would wear like the giant furry animal on his head. 
Remember that whole movement? I don't know what happened with that, but I, I'd see you in that with like a uh, nice Tito's and soda. No, I've got it. He's, you're actually wearing the same T-shirt you're wearing now, just you know, plain nice uh, T-shirt. But then you're wearing Jams shorts. Do you guys remember Jams? Oh, Jams. Oh, yeah. That was like yeah. half my wardrobe back like in the day. Like really, really bright color That's shorts. That's what Maybe I like a swatch watch on his on his <laughs> wrist? Wearing a swatch. I And now we'll throw it to you, Mark. I already know what you're wearing. Um, this also became popular about 10 years ago at sporting events. In fact, that's where I thought you were going. Remember when guys started showing up in the the full green body spandex, including the head, and they would that's they would what be, I'm they'd be nude underneath, and it would just be like nothing left to the imagination, and even your face is covered in this green spandex outfit. That that's what you're doing in, in your private home while you're putting together your vision board. I mean, I see Greg's face right now, but I, I'm concerned that part of me really <laughs> likes that concept and idea. I don't know, I know. If, if I like it hanging out with the, the three of us, but um, it's compelling. Could uh, get you arrested, but it, it's what you like. It's what makes you feel safe. All right. Well, I'll take your word on that. Um, I, but mine is, you know, some of these vision boards, they've got, you know, there's a verbal, there's a word aspect to it because it's something you want to just remember in your head. And I previously um, banned this phrase, but I'm going to unban it um, in this one situation because I think it's a powerful reminder of where Aaron Rodgers could be in the future. And, I, and here's the thing. It's a cutout. Um, the word is my office for the day. And the cutout is SoFi Stadium. And it's Aaron Rodgers making it clear in his mind from here to the end that he will be playing in the Super Bowl next year in SoFi Stadium, that there is no other destination for Aaron Rodgers. So when I talk about every Sunday, my office for the day. What a 180 this is. I love it. Well, because look, I think at this point, there were times when I was annoyed by the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, mainly because people just like fast track the Packers to the Super Bowl in every prediction all the time. And they would invariably crumble in the NFC title game. And, you know, I've mentioned it before. It's like every January of like Dom Capers and his hair flying up in the booth as the defense is crumbling and the offense can't do anything about it. Well, things are a little different. This team is different. I mean, they I just lost two NFC championships in a row, right? I That's what I'm saying. Like th- this time right. around. If had hair, his hair would have been flying up in some of these big games. This time around, there can be it is seek and destroy. And my office for the day is where he will get to when he gets that promotion to the right place he should be working, which is SoFi Stadium in January. And he, every Sunday until then, he's going to have to be a businessman with his briefcase. He's going to have to prepare his documents, file his reports, do it well, be a guy that shows up all day long, and you wind up in L.A., Next February, winning the Super Bowl and putting that narrative that he's one of these quarterbacks that's going to go down with just one Lombardi trophy to bed. I like when you, because uh, I obviously can't do the same thing. I like when you 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 rein yourself in and you say, I'm not going to talk about the Browns. And then I'm going to pretend like I'm rooting for anyone else, including Aaron Rodgers. I like that. Well, I feel like last year they... They, they could play them against each other. Then you would root for the Browns. It's fine. I don't know. He really seems to they, be into Aaron Rodgers. Well, they though. do play each other next year, so that'll be part of the journey. Cut to week four, Mark flaming Aaron Rodgers and the Packers for some reason. I don't know why, but it'll happen. Wait, Mark, well, while, we're here, while we're here, because you did have some really strong takes on this, and I hope you don't rein it in on the podcast, the engagement with the actress Cheyenne Woodley of um, Big Little Lies and uh, many other projects. Very talented woman. Um, your thoughts on this, the pending nuptials? I, I just have questions. I'd like to learn a lot more. I, 
it feels to me, um, and you know, and who I know nothing. So let's start right there. I'm not coming at you with information. It just feels mm. to me seem pretty little, certain on text. No, it feels this. a little um, a little suspicious that. You know, it's all this thing about they met during the pandemic. She's never heard of football, which is fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That part of it, I don't know. But it's just like when I think of Aaron Rodgers and everything about him, like what about what she's said about him is how they link up. I would love to hear. And Erica, if you cut this for social, I will drive my car off a cliff. So don't even think about it. I'd love to know Erica's take on this, too. But like, am I wrong? Does this seem like, oh, yeah, of course. This makes total sense. They didn't even know each other five months ago or whatever, and now they're like. And when I, I just I want to know more. I'll leave it at that. And I probably was a little stronger on text. You were, yeah. <laughs> Your texts were were very. That uh, was totally different. Am I the, am I like a lone wolf with this? I just I no, find no. What do it, you? It's a total publicity move. I mean, that's, let, let, that's how I feel. I mean, he's he's dated famous people, but that's the circle he's in. You know, let let people love. You know, Colleen and Gonzo, they were famous people in Philly. They got they moved in after three months. They were telling they us, made it work. I got I got engaged about that about us quick as as Rob I mean, this is did. the classic situation where where Greg makes friends and I burn bridges, and I I just it's unappealing. <laughs> well, yeah, me and Woodley are gonna be you know hitting the par three. I don't. Well, she doesn't know what that is. She's like, he's a football guy. It's like, come, okay, please. Uh, what is the uh, um, Ricky? You would know. This is the type of thing I feel like you would know. What is that celebrity dating site? Oh, Raya. Ha- Raya. So there's this site um, hmm. that you have to get invited to, and it's basically a um, housing area for um, wealthy slash well-known people. What's that? It's Tinder for for it's famous. Tinder so you for have to get verified. You for have to be accepted. Basically. I right. got on it a couple of years ago. Actually, somehow I got invited. I don't think they're getting someone. Woodley Rogers level people. So the no, but no, so the he, bar's not that. High, Rogers sees Ro- Rogers hey, is watching Divergent one night, and he's just like Texas agent. Hey, can you get me her agent's number or whatever? You know, that's that's got to be it. Okay, I was gonna. I'm just saying. What if he was on Raya? I don't know. The, okay. Maybe that's where they met. I, I don't saw know, John Mayer on there. See, that's, well, Ricky, who did star. you see when you were scrolling? Or were you swiping? Yeah. Like, who saw, would you not? How did you get in, by the way? Right. I, with all due respect. Yeah, someone gave me like an in. I was like referred to by someone, like a YouTuber that has a trillion followers. So I like got on through an invite. Um, and I saw John Mayer. I saw Kaylani. I saw Raven Simone. Um, I saw um, a couple of other like guitarists that you would recognize. Guitarists, yeah. I mean, did you interact or date or DM? <laughs> no, none of flirt? no one, none of them matched me back, which is really sad. It's like, right, it's one thing. Young. It's one thing to see them, but then, Raya. yeah, Richie Sambora wasn't like, hey, got to check this. Yeah, it was such a random uh, guitarists. Um, They're right. like rock stars and like losers too. Like, oh, I'm a Vine star with a million followers. It's like, get get out of here. But here right. I am. Like, yeah, pot calling. Yeah. But all right, um, all right. Well, Mark, that was good. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's like no, it's uh, true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But like, why wouldn't John Mayer like be intrigued? Like, I'm just like a little nobody who's like fun to be around. Like, maybe it's an he, immense mystery. Yeah, maybe John Mayer. He, what are you doing on that site, bro? I mean, come on. I mean, hey. I guess he's uh, he's just owning his whole thing. All right. Uh, does anybody else have anything I want to add to the vision board? Thank you, mm. Ricky. Before we uh, go, 
I have a just I will not dive into them, but I have a couple taglines for certain for a couple quick taglines that would take no more than twenty seconds if you'd be interested. Uh, I have another one to add to the board if you want to do that and then finish by giving us some taglines. Sure, let's do that. Okay. Um, I wanted to throw, Greg, and you kind of put this on my radar and then I did some thinking about it. Uh, I want to see, it's a big picture of uh, Greg Gumbel's head. And then surrounding Greg Gumbel's head is just a, a collection of the most fierce looking wolves that you've ever seen. Just, he is, he, but the, the wolves, and they had their teeth out, they are not coming at Greg. They're going the other way. They're protecting Greg Gumbel uh, because what whatever's happening behind this. This is this used to be the number one guy at CBS, and those days are over. Uh, but what they've been doing with this guy, they just let Rich Gannon go, his partner um, for the year, last uh, couple years, I guess it was. Um, they before that they had tagged him with Bruce Arians. Which was, you know, come on now. Well, it was a three-man booth, but okay. And, Tr- and Trent Green was in there. Yeah. And then before that, Trent Green was there, and they got Trent Green out of there. And it's like, let's get this man out of this abusive cycle where you're pairing him with, like, gimmick hires and quarterbacks from the imperial period of ludicrous. You know, how about we take Jim Nance and his $20 million-a-year demands – Say, go take a hike, go to Amazon, pair Greg with Romo, and, uh, and for for no other reason than just think how many uh, less uh, golf ball golf bits we'd have to endure during the middle of huge games. Gumble, Romo, protect Greg Gumble. Wolves around him. I, He's safe. I would only ask, what other bits would we endure though, in place of the golf bits? No I, bits. Gumble's a pro. He's been doing this for a long time. He's good at his job. Come on. Now. He is a professional. There's no well, question Greg, what, about that. Why are you making that fit? What do you I have against see Greg? The, well, I see the – I see the – first of all, the worm has really turned on the Romo thing. People are, are a little tired of Romo. I'm not. Um, I, it, or I the like Romo. You know, the no, Romo-Nance thing. You know, ball don't lie. I mean, he's fallen down that pecking chart, Greg Gumbel. He, he had a time at our network. I don't know if you remember that, doing Thursday Night Football. That lo- that ball lo- don't lie? I don't know. <laughs> doesn't even really make sense in this context. Really. You know, Mike don't lie? I don't know. Like, <laughs> CBS executives don't lie, but yeah, I guess they do. Um, Always. He, yeah, I uh, I don't know. You know, he had his time and he's still, he's still getting those checks, so I, I would be worried, though, about who's next up there. Yeah, if you're like if you're Greg Jennings or whatever, and he, you're the next partner for Gumble, you know, then you got to be a little right. worried. A little bit of a curse situation. It's a weird on. thing to, that you put this on your vision board. I love it. It's it's a, it, <laughs> I, yeah. And I, I, Greg or Dan, I wasn't aware that you were such a Greg Gumble ophile. I like based on chatter in our newsroom, and I'm not pegging this on you. I I didn't realize anyone was a dyed in the wool Gumble fan, but he is a professional, no doubt about. It. I don't remember how we did on our play by play rankings couple months ago i don't I think don't he soared into the skies but um <laughs> it's like greg jennings is gonna come first first day of work and like oh by the way uh before you get in the booth here's this pendant with an ancient like mummy's head on it you have to wear it all season it's like why oh no don't worry about it it's definitely not cursed <laughs> and i know Jen- jennings is on fox save your tweets i should have chosen jay feely or something you know it's a live show that we're taping here I'll throw a. I'll throw one. Even quick. by the way, even oh, in, in uh, something like this, Greg, let's not throw Jay Feely out there. Go ahead. 
<laughs> just yeah, trying to think of CBS. Uh, I have just a, a phrase for the for the middle of it. I, I don't know if I looked at this exercise differently. I was thinking really more personally, but I'm putting that phrase which I've brought up well, here. It's on your the show. vision, Greg. And sure, no yeah. He, yeah. Heed the call, which was something Wes would say to me a lot. Heed the call. It's just a nice. You know, it's not about right faith, in the middle. faith or anything. It's you know, but that you can look at it that way too. You you know what's in your heart that you want to do ultimately if you look in far enough. So heed that call. All right. I, like that. I like that. And don't put a hashtag heed the call. Let's not no, just no, we don't heed the call straight up. I like that. And Greg Jennings, if they try to give you a tiki god pendant, just say no, that is I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not wearing this. <laughs> so, so random. Is this the first? We haven't talked to Greg Gumble in a while. Do you remember that? Yeah, we were not. Ha- we did not have a podcast when Greg Gumble was on NFL Network. Was it Gumble and Mayock? Was that who was with you, Mayock? You predated me in terms of watching NFL Network. To be totally honest, with you. I didn't even have NFL Network. He, until but he he launched Thursday Night Football, so yeah, that that was a big right. spot. And Mayock that was, was. I thought Mayock was great on it. That that was a big spot for Greg Gumble uh, at NFL Network. Yeah, you brought up Wes, and one of the things I would have loved to read a, a book that Wes would have written because I think he would have written the next great um, sports book. Um, if you were ever to write a, a book, Greg, it would it would definitely have to be one of those like in in depth breakdowns, like they did like an SNL book. They did these guys had all the fun, the ESPN Ooh. book like an NFL network oral history. Um, but oral history is even not taking advantage of this because I want Greg's takes in there. I want you to to write the tell-all on NFL network. I'll put the takes in between, yeah. So stay on my good side sure. network or, or else I'm coming to you afterwards. And I know all the people to contact. By the way, one of them is not uh, Greg Gumble. I made the huge Gumble mistake and confused the two Gumbles. <laughs> no. It was Brian Gumble. <laughs> It Wait, was, real sports is Brian Gumble? I knew something was wrong. Wow. Brian Gumble did launch the NFL Network, and that's why it was no. You know, with all due respect, I, I shouldn't say that. Don't Just say edit. it. I know exactly where you're going. Don't edit say that it. out. I don't respect it. He, he he was great in in the studio. Brian Gumble not good in the booth. It was a bad choice. So right. his brother well, Greg, not his brother Greg. In the booth, okay. In the in the booth, Brian, not so much. <laughs> Greg's spinning. We're off the rails. All right, uh, give us some tags, uh, Mark. All right, and there's a lot to these, but I, they're gonna you're gonna have to almost imagine what they mean, I guess. But um, best life unlocked, Matthew Stafford. I mean, you had a you know it, we're five months removed from Mrs. Stafford complaining about Michigan. They're probably like you know shoveling their driveways. It's dim and dreary. Now you're in La La Land. Uh, I mean, Michigan's it's a a nice fantastic. Place, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand for them a little bit. You what? You uh, wait. I don't understand what you're saying. You agree? No, with I just my... don't want that to go unchecked. Michigan's a wonderful place. I, I know a lot of people love Michigan. Oh, it's not really a shot at Michigan, but they yeah. seem to be tired with it. And I think this is a best life unlocked. They're suddenly, you know, hanging out in Los Angeles, and there's a chance to become a star Got for the it. Rams. I like totally. that. Out of a boring situation. How about this? If you're Jared Goff in Detroit, everyone's down on this guy. Time to be a boss boy. And you can paint that all for how you wish. But I, these are things that I've found on other people's message boards. People are actually using... In that case, it was time to be a boss girl, but and he's he is a boy, so I flipped bo- it. For some reason, boss girl has a little more pop to it than boss boy. Maybe just boss. Well, yeah, the word there, boss some things have sounds... more pop than Jared Goff right now. So I mean, it's you know he's it's a little emasculating. To... 
Yeah, it's almost boy. like a little takedown of the guy. Well, that wasn't my attempt. Um, the last thing is he designed a life he loved. Again, I saw uh, she designed a life she loved, but this can be, I think, gender neutral. It's Sean McVeigh. I think he's boldly sort of said, look, I was the genius boy. And that came with like, you know, if you ever watch the Royal Tenenbaums, their adult lives were riddled with... Uh, with, with problems after being the, the boy geniuses and the girl geniuses in that family. And Sean McVay came in as that guy, as what the head coach. Stuff. Well, these are men. I mean, I don't have a... I could get a, a Sheila Hemp Ford in here for you somewhere if, if, I, if we want. No, but, but just you, the, the use of boy, it's just coming up a lot. I don't know. This says he designed a life he loved. Well, yeah, right. He was the boy genius. But I'm just saying that he's boldly sort of said, look... I'm restarting the engine, doing it my way. I'm designing the Rams and the life that I love. And and I think that the Rams, if anything, they've kind of said, we don't care how anyone else does it, and you can like it or not. We're starting in a new direction. And and they've upped my interest in that team, and that was a chore, I think, on their part Mm. to get there. No, I was just saying, like, just to take the pedal off the accelerator on all the boy stuff, because it it might get weird on the vision board if there's just, like, too much stuff, like, boy this, boy that. Well, that's, that's, you know, you could exclude me from the exercise, but I'm allowed to paste what I want onto the board. You've got Greg you Gumbel. It was wolves, your idea. You know? Yeah, it was a good idea. Yeah, Greg Gumbel, not Brian. Can we, can we put Sean Can we put Sean McVay uh, shirtless in the pool? Can that be the picture of him that we cut out and use? Sure. I, I don't know if that's exactly the message here, but I yes, again, it's your your you have freedom to do what you well, wish as well. This is yours though. That's why I don't want to. Could was you just put it next a... to my picture of him? Like I could have him in clothing, you could have him in the pool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope someone's watching this or listening to this right now, and maybe it shows up on the subreddit. Somebody somebody puts together what this vision board would look like. We will definitely amplify that on social media. Oh yeah, a lot We're of boy get, stuff. We're gonna get a lot of. Uh contributions there just just because by the way it's been bothering me i just want to let you know the original nfl network <laughs> thursday night team was bryant gumbel and chris collinsworth and so dick you, and dick vermeil dick vermeil replaced collinsworth on the saturday games which i remember was a weird thing but i stand by my take bryant gumbel was one of the worst play-by-play man I, i've ever right. heard barely was aware of what was going on in the nfl <laughs> what well, killed those broadcasts one little Colin's note before we good. get out of here. Like, I, I'm not standing for the total Brian Gumbel takedown as someone who's older than you and grew up every morning Guy's watching Brian Gumbel and Jane Pauley. Uh, you know, they were the Today Show hosts of choice. And I know Brian Gumbel, they, that Sports Illustrated profile they put out about Brian and Greg Gumbel back in the day was one of the bigger broadcasting takedowns I've ever read. And I would Whoa, suggest you go really? find it. Do you guys remember that? No. I don't go, know that one. Greg, you, Greg, this will essentially and be adult reading to you. You would, he, you, you will, he did you will the, he did the, the game where they went 16 and 0 over the Giants. That was actually Brian Gumbel's last game, I believe, with NFL Network. How about that? Greg is so annoyed that he, <laughs> so annoyed. Um, but, and, you know, real sports, venerable, um, contributions Great show. to the sports Great world show. over the last 20 years or so. So still going strong, too. Certainly. There is definitely some respect on Brian Gumbel's name here. But the the vision board has Greg with the wolves and maybe Bryant like with his name scratched out. I don't know. <laughs> That's <All> right. respect. <laughs> there we go. Bunch there of whippersnappers go. taking down the gumbles. This should go well. Um. All right. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with two shows, um, including a Monday program. So you'll hear from us next on Monday. Again, a reminder: the. Chris Wessling um, 
GoFundMe for Lakeisha and Link is active. Please hit it up. And actually, someone just uh, on Twitter uh, this morning had asked me um, about what kind of uh, books Wes was into. Of course, as you know, Wes wrote an amazing piece about his favorite football book, books of all time. Uh, check that out. And also, another uh, listener and, and Wes fan, as we all were, um, went on Spotify and saw that Wes, his Spotify account, his playlist, and I can't stress this enough, Wes was a music lover, as uh, all of us are, but Wes, in his Wes way, was also a curator of playlists that all fit a very um, specific mindset, and um, he has 85 playlists available over on Spotify, which you could get uh, if you look him up, uh, contact Wes over there, or just check out my Twitter profile where I have it. Uh, amplified there. I keep saying amplified. I don't know. Everything from Steely Dan to Lead Belly based on what we were listening to over at their place uh, last weekend. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the virtual glass. Oh, Greg. Take down that other uh, suspender. Or what is it? What do they call it? Overalls. Brian Gumbel. That's it. Until Monday. Suspender. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com 
or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 